second installment in our Changemaker series centered on conversations with individuals who exemplify the four quadrants of the Blue Roads Changemaker journey. I'm Patty Talbot. By asking questions related to the guiding theme for our work, Homegrown Solutions for a Patchwork World, we highlight the unique attributes and practices of changemaking in the lives of leaders who are making significant contributions to the world we share. Today, we welcome educator changemaker Rebecca Kautska-Hila to tell her story. I have with me today Rebecca Kautska-Hila, who is my dear, dear friend many years and my partner in Blue Roads Education, and she has um, lots of exciting work going on that I'll let her tell you about, but we're going to use our framework for Blue Roads Education, the homegrown solutions for a patchwork world, and our changemaker framework for our conversation today so that you can learn more about Rebecca and all that she is and all that she's doing in the world. So welcome, Rebecca. Glad you're Thanks. Thank you, Patty. Good to be here. The first question is is just simply tell us about yourself. You know, we like to talk about being homegrown. So where were you homegrown? And uh, what parts of, of where you're from and the people that are your people, what parts do you carry with you in the important work you're doing still today? So, Well, I was homegrown in southwestern Virginia in Buchanan County, born and raised there. Never lived anywhere else until I was about 13 when my parents took a job. My dad took a job in Algeria, uh, Buchanan County, Virginia, in the, in the mountains, the Appalachian Mountains to Algeria. Shocking and startling for, for us as a family. But before that, I grew up running the mountains barefoot, playing, and I have seven siblings. Uh, we had a big family. My dad was a hard rock miner. He was in mine construction, seventh grade education, but a very intelligent man, was able to engineer mines. My mom was a school teacher. She my third grade teacher, and she was really believed education was important. Everybody in our house read. We read a lot. Culture of that community was very much male-oriented, and while I was never devalued in my family, the value of a, a girl was not as much as the value of a male child. So I grew up learning to serve men and to be second, to take second place, to go to the end of the line, put the needs of others before myself, which isn't a bad characteristic to have because I became an educator and uh, to be a, a good educator, you do need to think of others first. So that experience in Algeria, though, opened the window to the world to me, and I saw that there were other ways of being and other ways of doing, and I wanted to experience those. I had a pretty, a, a pretty typical life, worked as a teacher. My motivation for becoming a teacher was one of my brothers, his name was Randy, and he died at the age of 23. And he was always that kid that never quite made it in school. He wasn't smart enough or he didn't understand. Now, I believe he probably had dyslexia of some sort. But he was always on the fringe and never really fit in to, to school. And so when I became a teacher, I said, I will 
make sure that kids like Randy in school are, that I'm sure that they're included. So a lot of my work as an English teacher in Franklin County, Virginia, focused on alternative education and then developing skills and teachers to teach all kids. So I did a lot of work with content area reading, developed alternative programs, had one of the first virtual computer labs back in the day, back in the late 80s, one of the computer labs where we used some computer-based instruction for kids who were struggling in the regular classroom. I did a lot of social-emotional learning courses that I, I actually taught kids how to be responsible and make for themselves and, and for their communities. So those were some of the programs that I did early on in my career. And then I start, went to grad school at Virginia Tech to become an administrator. Uh, again, motivated by the idea that we weren't doing enough for those kids that weren't in the middle or at the high end of our educational system and that we weren't reaching them and that as a building principal, I would be able to be sure those kids were included and had the opportunities to, to learn and achieve and graduate from high school. Since then, I've done a lot of work around effective instruction and what works in the classroom for all kids, uh, differentiation, collaborative learning, cooperative learning, problem-based learning, had training and been able to implement a lot of those practices in my own classrooms and trained other teachers on, on how to do those things effectively. I've also done a lot of work around behavior, what school-wide effective discipline practices, PBIS, social emotional learning, had did some training out in South Dakota at the Reclaiming Youth Institute around incorporating the restorative practices in school and have since had more training in restorative justice. I went abroad and, and worked abroad in the United Arab Emirates as a principal mentor to uh, mentor a, a um, Emirati principal and how to have an effective school, improve instruction, and improve school climate. So I was there for four years um, and that and immersed in that culture, uh, which was a, an amazing experience. And that's really helped me thinking about equity. Uh, so some of the work I do has to do with equity and ensuring that all students have the same opportunities, equitable opportunities to achieve. So now my work is at the Department of Education where I have led the revision of the policy guidance that the Board of Education puts out around student conduct. Look, I have an example. I just yeah. Let's see yeah. Um, collaborative document and that lots of folks contributed, reviewed, and, and had input on content of it, and it is based on the laws of Virginia and Virginia code and what it does and doesn't allow school divisions to do. But it reframes the way we look at school discipline in Virginia, encourages the implementation of a tiered system of supports, tries to decriminalize uh, the language that we've been using in the last 20 years around student behavior and use practices like restorative justice, counseling, student intervention teams, student support teams, those kinds of approaches to discipline in order to reduce the use of exclusionary practices for students 
because when they're not in school, they can't learn. And oh, sorry, they can learn, but they might be learning the wrong things. <laughs> really focused on how to create a framework for students so that we're teaching them social emotional skills and helping them develop those skills to achieve the profile of a Virginia graduate, communication, collaboration, community involvement, or citizenship. At the, at the base of all that, are those social emotional learning skills, self-management, an awareness of social mores and social relationship behaviors, decision-making skills, those kinds of things that we've sort of left behind from explicit instruction in schools that we expect students to have them. So this document encourages movement toward the infusion of teaching social emotional skills and looking for where there are deficits in those skills and addressing those deficits rather than just excluding kids who don't have those skills from the classroom or from the school even. When I started looking at who's failing, why are they failing, and how am I failing them? <laughs> because ultimately, as the teacher, I'm the one that's responsible for providing them with instruction that meets their needs. So when I started to ask that question about why I was failing, those kids who are not achieving in my class, I started to look at maybe deficits they'd had from, from previous um, learning and, and focused in on reading. And uh, I was an English teacher. So those kids who weren't being successful, I had to find other ways to help them achieve. So that's that part of my background and training really arose from that need to help those kids learn to digest content in different ways, used a lot of content reading strategies, trained a whole school on content reading, every teacher in the whole school on content reading strategies and uh, and saw great improvement in achievement with my students and looked at different ways of assessing their growth rather than on trying to find ways to help them achieve just through showing growth and, and to evaluate them on their growth, not on the actual not everybody using the same kind of scale. Working with the principal at that time, I was a teacher. We developed a, a program for that sort of pulled these kids out of the mainstream and get, worked on developing some content skills, some basic skills at the same time as teaching them how to make good decisions, how to be socially responsible, how to say no, how to how to say yes, mm -hmm. uh, how to ask for what they needed. Just it was a curriculum called Personal and Social Responsibility by Constance Dombrowski. And it really, really helped those kids find a way to be successful in school. So, and that was just a little program in one little, in the school, you know, we served about 70 kids a year. And I just kept thinking, I can do more, I can do more, I've got these skills. So I thought I got to go to graduate school and um, which I did as a mother and uh, working full time and teaching night classes for teachers. Mm -hmm. Also went um, out to Illinois to the, learn about problem-based learning and was able to implement that in my last couple of years of teaching and encouraged it when I became a school principal, but the time was not right and people weren't ready to really to embrace that letting go of the reins, so to speak, mm -hmm. in the classroom so that kids can really 
work together to solve problems without so much direct instruction from the teacher. But my work as an administrator, I went to an urban setting. I'd always worked in rural schools. And I went to work in an urban setting. I realized that a lot of the problems that I had seen were amplified for kids of color and for kids in poverty. Um, They were the kids that were being suspended. They were the kids in trouble. They were often in the particular urban setting I was in. There was still tracking of kids. So you went into the college-bound track, you went into the medium track, or you went into the below low-achieving track for a lot of kids of color, kids in poverty, kids with special needs. And I tried to, to change that system. Uh, wasn't terribly effective, but I also tried at the same time to train teachers in and how to more effectively meet the needs of those kids again through some of the same skills through some problem-based learning things through content area reading through technology and using technology building support systems i was in a middle school we really tried to build a student assistance program where we're actually teaching kids through advisory about behavior and about how to self-manage and how to have positive relationships. At the same time, I was learning how to be a school administrator. I was an assistant principal at that time. That work in the urban setting, again, really introduced me to, to the need for building programs that provide equal opportunity for kids and this idea of sorting them out and saying, oh, you belong in this track and you belong in that track was really damaging, not just to the kids who were put in the low achieving track, but to all kids, because it was painting for them this idea, this picture of more than and less than, which really stuck in my craw. I began to look at data more closely and to see what the data was telling me about equitable access to opportunities and how we were or were not meeting those kids, all kids' needs. It's always been about all kids, but also about each kid. You know, and that's different, but it's the same. So we have to be aware of all kids, but then we have to build things that work for each kid. And sometimes that's really special and targeted, but if we can get a an approach in place or something in place that works for all kids, then we meet the needs of each kid doing that. As I became a building administrator of my own school, little tiny rural school, I was the only administrator. And it really gave me the opportunity to work with a collaborative team at the school. We had site-based management and, and I really believed in that model and we were able to work collaboratively together in our little school to create uh, a culture. That was that was my work there, was to create a culture in which everybody was accepted and was able to access the learning environment and able to uh, achieve at their own pace and, and to move forward. I had one kid who had failed one grade in elementary school and he was tall and getting a mustache and he was in sixth grade because he failed in elementary school. So I worked with his family and with him and with the teachers and we accelerated his years in, in middle school so that in, he finished middle school in two years and caught up to his age appropriate peer group. Mm-hmm. 
and was able to graduate with the kids that he knew in his neighborhood and that he grew up with. He had to work harder. He needed extra support and tutoring, but he was able to accelerate his own learning and demonstrate that he had learned it, passed all his SOL tests. And we just look for ways to meet the needs of each kid rather than trying to plug each kid into the holes that we had already created. That was great work that I really enjoyed. I miss it still, uh, being in the school with students and families. But then when I did become uh, supervisor of student services for that school district, again, I saw the opportunity to create avenues for success for all kids and develop their several alternative programs for kids who were on the fringes, not being successful in school, and had many life challenges as well. We call it trauma now, but but it was just, just challenges back then, things that got in the way of their being successful that had nothing whatsoever to do with school or with their ability to learn. We built programs there to uh, help kids utilize or focus on their strengths and, and use those strengths to achieve and, to, and then to develop some skills along the way that would help them in life, those life skills that, that we talk about. So I was really proud of the work I did at the, at the district level in creating programs for kids who weren't able to access the regular program. So I went abroad. I had the opportunity to go to the United Arab Emirates. I taught there for the first year I was there. I'm really grateful for that experience because I was able to really understand the disconnect between traditional Western way of doing school and and the Middle Eastern way of doing school, and they're really different. And and I felt like we were as English teachers coming into uh, the, an Arabic speaking environment that we were being asked to impose the way that Westerners teach and the way that Western schools look like onto a group of students who weren't interested in that Western way, you know, and and it didn't fit for them culturally. So that when I did become a mentor for a principal at a school, that context was clear to me. And I was able to then work with the, with the people in the school to build, to begin to build the kind of school culture that was cognizant of the culture and yet had the elements of structure of an effective school. Those relationships that I built and the understanding that I came to of the culture really helped and facilitated the growth of the school because everything I did, I tried to do in their cultural context. Again, coming back to the need for equity and all that we do and respect for other cultures and respect for other people's ways of doing things. And I came out of that experience, having made some wonderful friendships and relationships and having made a difference, mostly through PBIS, is a lot of the work that I did there was in effective school-wide discipline and helping define behaviors in a cultural context and what's acceptable and what's not and how do we teach it and then how do we build a school schedule that reflects the cultural context but also gives us the optimal setting for learning and then help them establish some culturally relevant behavior expectations was really an important part of the work there. And then when I came back home, my friend Joanne Burkholder at the Department of Ed called and said, come and help us with school discipline and school safety. And I've been there for about four years now. 
working with people from all regions of the state of Virginia, which is divided into eight instructional regions, and working with hearing officers, director of student services, directors of special education on reframing discipline and how we can be equitable and responsive to student needs, whether they're students coming from trauma or kids who just have a different cultural context and and how we can be responsive to those needs in schools. You, my friend and colleague, are a beautiful change maker in the world. You're doing such amazing things. And I, I think you're such a perfect example of somebody who has started homegrown, like we all do, and then had opportunities to get out in the world and learn from other people. But because you're a solution-oriented person and a person with a heart for love for people and you're willing to take your learning and then have big impact. You're impacting what's happening all across the Commonwealth of Virginia with your work to decriminalize the the conduct policies and encourage people and, and inspire people to think more restoratively about the way we handle incidents that happen because we deal with very human young ones and old ones in schools. Well, thank you. I, I don't see myself, I've never really thought about myself as yes. a change maker, but when you say it, it sounds true. <laughs> yes, I know it is true, but that's another endearing quality of you is you're um, humble and wouldn't use those words for yourself. That's another rural trait, I think. Don't get above your raisin. <laughs>